What are you two talking about? Oh, nothing. Just the end of the world. So, have you seen the uh, this new Netflix show, Island? I, yeah, I, I have. Hyphen Land? Yes. Okay, so... I've not watched it. I've seen that it exists. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those where the premise is, it's been done, <laughs> but just because it's been done doesn't mean it's bad. Like, it's interesting when people are find themselves on an island, they don't remember who they are, they're kind of aggressive, they have weapons. Yeah, something about it feels familiar. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, I can't knows? pinpoint another island mystery show. Yeah, and then this polar bear came out and a smoke monster. <laughs> and, no, no. So anyway, so, so we're watching it a couple nights ago, and it is so god-awful. And, you know, I'll watch a lot of bad stuff. Right. Like Fast and Furious is probably one of my – it's probably maybe my favorite series of all time. Yeah, but that's – that's incredible, but 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 it's an it's an incredible bad. movie. But I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> okay. you're right. I mean, but I'll even I even like Tokyo Drift in that series. Like, I just like I. I mean, I'm not the biggest critic, and a lot of times I watch stuff at like 1 a.m. when I'm falling asleep. So I know I'm only going to get 20 minutes in it, into it anyway, yeah. no matter how good it is. Tokyo Drift, to be fair, is actually okay. That that third one, Fast and Furious, or which or is that the second one, Fast and Furious? That one I didn't care for. Wait, wait, wait. You mean the one when they're in Miami? Too Fast, Too Furious? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that one was pretty good. I didn't like that one. Okay. So anyway, that is so awful. It's so awful. So I basically stopped after the – after like eh, – I was like halfway into the second one. Stopped and I decided, you know, I still am curious because it is an interesting island. I want to see what's going on. I'm going to fast forward and just watch the last episode. You remember that's what I did on Breaking Bad. Uh, Breaking Bad, I've only seen the first episode and the last episode. Stop. Yeah. Stop it. No. So, you like you watched – you watched Game of Thrones backwards. You skipped all of it. Breaking Bad just watching that last episode? I didn't skip all of it. I watched the first and last. Ah, yeah. that's so awful. So, okay. I'm I'm kind of somebody who, yeah, I'll just get the book and rip up the pages and just kind of go, you see it, see, see where it takes me. <laughs> that's so, your whole choose your own yeah, adventure. Yeah, yeah, it keeps going back to this choose your own adventure. So I did that with this one. And still it was so bad, I didn't even care. And it was interesting because all of a sudden they're in a prison and they're in apartments. And I'm like, whoa, they were on an island when I saw them, didn't even have a place to sleep. And now they're in prison and apartments. But I still did not even care to go back and find out what was going on. The whole point I'm trying to make here is that I then, you know, press back on the remote control. I get out of that one as fast as I can. Okay. I'm peeling out of that driveway as fast as I can. (laughs) And guess what I find? The Lost? No. I mean, that that would have been a good one though. Uh, Do you remember a show called Eureka? Yes. You don't remember it well. You didn't watch it? What was that like on, on – what channel was that on? Sci-Fi or something? I think it was on Sci-Fi. I think it kind of was one of those where it was like on something and then USA? it got canceled. And yeah, maybe. And then – yeah, it's kind of a USA type show. And then it went to Sci-Fi. Anyway, rediscovered that. Now, I've seen every episode like twice. Really? And it was so nice to settle in. It was like a warm mug to settle in with an old buddy, you know, after, a, after like a traumatic experience with Island. Just to, just to watch for like 15 minutes. Eureka. So – I think you should watch it is all I mean to say. If, if your blood pressure is high, if you just need to relax, watch a little Eureka. Eureka is what I should be focusing on. Well, what else are you focusing on? It, it depends. I, I, mean, if I mean if you're curing cancer, like, no, probably keep doing that. <laughs> but if you're just like trying to make – if you're like trying to, you know, find the best way to make a hot dog, you right. know, like how much mustard, how much ketchup, do I do relish? No, watch some Eureka. All right. Yeah. All right. But not the island or island. Not I hyphen land. 
Don't watch that. Yeah, I've not heard anything good. No glowing praise of Island. Some people have said they have enjoyed the trashiness of it, the awfulness, but I'm not sure if they're sincere. It's a strange – it's like somebody is learning how to edit and someone is learning how to produce because that's what it seems like. They will wait. You'll you'll see them do things like, okay, we know that to build drama here, we need to keep them staring at each other for an extra second and a half. And then we're going to push it a second longer, and then we're going to have impending doom music come in, and then we're going to cut. <laughs> and so when you see that, they're just telegraphing it, you know? How did Lost do it? Let's do it like that, but like, you know, on a student budget. <laughs> Precisely. That's exactly what it's like. Uh, folks, welcome to Who Pods the Watchmen, your companion podcast for the upcoming HBO Watchmen television series. I am Grant, and along with me is my co-host, Clay LaPointe, and we are going through the original 12 issues of the comic book series, dissecting each individual issue in anticipation of the upcoming show, which debuts on October 20th, like I mentioned, on HBO, and we've made it all the way to Chapter 10, Chapter X, and this is, um, is going to be an interesting one, Clay. Yeah, the game is afoot. And I'm thinking what we've discovered thus far in our our journey along this path is that you thought you had read this comic. And then you finally, I think, either last issue or the issue before, will finally admitted, oh, wait, I don't think I've ever actually read this. I read the first chapter, then I skipped ahead to the, the end and uh, just, you know, did the Wikipedia thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm a babe in the wilderness here. I've, you- I've never done this. I've never been on this hiking trail. So, yeah, you don't know what's coming. And with this issue, I think I'm finally at the point where I kind of want to ask you what you anticipate. But I think we should hold off on that question until we get to the end of of discussing this particular chapter. Yeah. But let's keep that in our back pocket. Yeah. Uh, Folks, we want to go ahead and uh, remind you guys that um, you can follow us on Instagram and uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter and we, uh, I also have a little bit of other news. Oh, yeah. I finally took all of our episodes and I cross-posted them over to YouTube. Wow. So we are now officially up on YouTube and you guys can, I guess, listen to our episodes on YouTube. I, if you want. Now, if you don't have YouTube Live or Premium or whatever on your phone and you try to get into another app, just remember it's going to cut us off. So you <laughs> Is gotta, it really? Like, yeah. Do they not they, allow like really long videos? That. No, anything, anything. Uh, I think like if we're you have all the fully YouTube, up there. No, but I mean if you have the YouTube app, okay, mm-hmm. if you stop using the app, like, okay, you can start a podcast and then you can start looking at Reddit on your phone. Mm. I just went through like, pretty much what I do with my phone, I guess. Right, right. But YouTube, they only allow people to do that if they pay the premium. I just want to let everybody know. It's kind of some bullshit, right? I don't have any social media, so I'm sure that everybody else knew that already. So I'm sorry for wasting time. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I also wanted to say – that I'm starting to port us over to SoundCloud as well, but they had a threshold limit, and I didn't make a. I didn't want to buy their premium yet because I'm not really sure if, how necessary SoundCloud is. But we're starting to move stuff over there. I did just reconfigure our Patreon, so if you guys go to Patreon.com/slash Who Pods the Watchmen, I made three tiers on there. You can pick which of your tiers if you would like to make a, a pledge: silver, gold, platinum. Kind of. Really? Okay. Well, I mean, it's actually 
Uh, Silver, Minutemen, yeah. Crime Busters, and Watchmen. Nice. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Topical. So you can kind of, uh, yeah, pick, pick the level have, if I you want to I would have done Green Sugar, Nixon, and Guy Getting Killed in the Bathroom in Prison. <laughs> Those are the three tiers. Those are the three tiers. We might have to make three additional clay-centric tiers here. Yeah. Just sugar cubes. If you guys want to give us a sugar cube, that's a dollar uh, per month or something. I think uh, we have it set up that it's a monthly charge now. So it's not going to be per episode. You guys just get billed at the beginning of every month. And, yeah, you can check that out. Patreon.com slash WhoPodsTheWatchmen. I think you and I just discussed right before starting the episode that we weren't going to plug that until – Maybe halfway through the episode, but you know I what, made changes. You know what they say: the best laid plans go to rest, or something. When you get punched in the face, that's that's the saying. And you just punched me in the fucking face. <laughs> so now I'm, I'm already cracking open another brewski. Yeah. So hey, chapter ten. Uh, I think that probably everyone listening who read this, or maybe is just listening as a refresher, maybe they read it a while ago. This one was a lot of fun. I really felt like this was a comic book. This is one of the first times where I was like, oh, sweet, a, a real comic book. Something's happening. We see characters going places. We see the battle lines drawn. Yep. It was pretty sweet. We have like an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot all going simult- simultaneously. Um, a little bit of a, a cold open as well with uh, the president, Nixon, making his debut. He's an actual character in this comic. They couldn't afford his, They couldn't afford the the uh, the rights to his wife though, so she's only mentioned. Right, <laughs> just him. Uh, and so basically, what's going on? If I were to give an overview, a high level overview of this issue, we have uh, a bunch of our characters all arriving at the at the gates of destiny. I guess as it were, we have uh, the president with his nuclear football. Getting ready at DEFCON 2 to potentially have to, you know, pull the trigger on nuclear warfare. We have Night Owl and Rorschach teaming back up once again to start investigating the crime. And they start digging in deeper and they actually unveil who might be behind everything. We have uh, Adrian Vate, a.k.a. Ozymandias. Uh, we haven't seen a, a lot of him, but we get a little glimpse of his his machinations as he's hanging out in his his uh, Antarctic lair and like watching tr- TV and making a bunch of stock trades <laughs> and uh, yeah it, it seems like the p- puzzle pieces are kind of uh, falling into place. There's also a little bit of a return to the the Black Freighter comic, but it was and, actually interesting this time. Yeah, it's got some pretty um, apparent parallels, I think. Yeah. To our characters. I mean, you know that this is a good issue, one that really grabbed my attention if I actually like the Black Freighter part of the issue. That is that is a glowing yeah. endorsement if I could think of any. Uh, no no appearance of Dr. Manhattan or of Silk Spectre in this issue. So it's mainly a Night Owl and Rorschach it's issue. A, it's a dynamic duo. It is a dynamic duo. Yeah. It was really – it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's go with our hot takes. Hot, hot takes. Hot takes. Is that a hot pocket thing? <laughs> I stayed away from it due to intellectual property concerns, and then you just ruined it. Um, all right. So, what did you think? Yeah, I think you know, like I said, I, I loved it. I thought it was interesting. It was great. It was really, really great seeing Rorschach and um, and the Owl guy. Still, I'm, I'm ten issues in. I still don't know names. I but, think his uh, name is the Owl Guy. Dan. Yeah. Dan, Dan Dreiberg. Dan the Owl Guy. 
<laughs> it was nice seeing Dan and uh, and Rorschach together. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I love just seeing the progression, them kind of figuring a little bit of stuff out. Now, finally, you know, there's been so much intrigue. There's been so much kind of just general anxiety in the last nine issues. Now we actually see stuff come to fruition. And I, and I say and I say that full well knowing that you know two or three issues ago we had a bunch of prison murders, which were interesting. So I don't mean to say that this is the first issue where we've actually seen action. This is just the first issue where we actually might have a handle on what's going on or we might have a handle on who's going to fight who. Or I don't know if you use whom there instead of who, whatever. But yeah, I think this one was really interesting and uh, it was a lot of fun. I think, you know, that's kind of my initial impression. What's uh, – did you have a similar take? Yeah. I I found that whereas some of the other issues were a little bit more um, – Emotionally investigative and and profound. This one was a lot more, like you mentioned, a comic book that was kind of driving action. This is a. Are you the person who said you don't like the word penultimate? I don't like that word. Yeah, I don't know if I was the person who said it. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like you said something, but I don't like that word. Um, this this is one of those setup, like in, in television, a setup episode where you are putting all the pieces in for the big action like blockbuster. And sometimes don't you think those episodes are actually better because they don't have as many expectations. So there's less of a chance to be disappointed. I always feel that way. Yeah, uh, it really depends on the show. Yeah. Some of them bumble through these kind. This one I think is pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I really like how this opens on th- uh, four different arrivals. Right? Yeah. Four different character arrivals. We have uh, the very first pages are the, – the the issue itself is called Two Writers Were Approaching. Yeah. And we are seeing both Air Force One and Air Force Two landing on some runway somewhere where they're going to some underground bunker, the president and the vice president, with the nuclear football because they're they're getting ready in case, you know, the worst decision has to get made. Yeah, and I mean, before we even get there, I know you're a man who likes covers. I thought this one was pretty sweet. I love the red. I mean, you know, my favorite color because I'm a child, so red's my favorite color. Yeah. But uh, it's super bold. I like it. You know, this is actually the one cover where I'm like, I don't – I'm not necessarily reading like deeper meaning into it. But I think that kind of speaks to the issue. Also, this cover, doesn't that kind of remind you of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the Nintendo on the NES. Oh, wow. Do you remember yeah, that? I do. Yeah, this is kind of similar. It took me there. In in part, I was kind of looking at the radar thing and wondering if we might also be seeing the shape of Antarctica or I was reading into that. I don't know. I can't go there with you, but I'll support it. I'll support you. <laughs> I'll support you in everything you do. You do not have to support me in that. But um, in addition to the arrival of them, uh, of the president and vice president, we have – uh, another ship arriving, and that is the ship that uh, Night Owl and Rorschach are aboard. It is uh, surfacing upward from underwater where it's been hiding out in the outskirts uh, or in the bay of New York City so that they can go recover. Is that the Hudson? I guess the Hudson. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, they can go recover Rorschach's costume. And then we have the arrival via plane once again of Ozymandias. To his his man cave out in the Antarct in Antarctica, um, and then of course we have the arrival of the raft of the the black freighter. Our 
uh, I, I don't even know the protagonist's name, but um, you know, I can't help you. The the deranged man who who was once a, a victim and now he's he's just gone batshit. But yeah, yeah. you know, also we ha- we do have the return of uh, Rorschach's humanity, which I want to speak to in a bit. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, you know, maybe the one emotional part of the whole issue. Anyway, yeah, I agree. We do have a bunch of people arriving, and it's pretty. Uh, maybe that's why he chose. Two writers – what is it? Two writers were approaching. Two writers were approaching. But yeah, every everyone is is finally writing into the the main uh, climax of the story. So we're, we're approaching it. You can tell with chapter 10 we are reaching toward that end. The finish line is, is close, Clay. And we don't know what's going to happen. But it seems like shit's hitting the fan and it's kind of intense. Yeah, we even had some detective work, some old-fashioned detective work with Dan and Rorschach, both breaking bones in uh, kind of some seedy underground bars and also doing some high-tech investiga- investigations, <laughs> detective work. Ooh, yes, I want to discuss that as well. So, um, ran- But before we, before we jump into that, let's, I, I want to just address the President Nixon portion. The so, fact that his uh, suit changes colors. Uh, no, that's not – that's his vice president. Oh, OK. Never mind. Um, I think. At least that's how I read. Or else, or where did his nose go? <laughs> he looks like the Red Skull if that's not the vice president. Um, yeah, so Nixon makes a, a, a debut in this comic. How do you think that he portrayed him? You know, I don't know Nixon personally. I know that uh... – He's kind of an android werewolf that was meant to destroy the American middle class, and we've seen the continuance of that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think that we see that these people are. It's kind of interesting. He kind of seems like he doesn't want to be hurried, which I like. He kind of want to. He wants to make his own decisions. He's actually carrying a football shaped thing. I didn't actually think it was like a real football. The 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 nuclear football. Yeah. Was it actually a real football? It's not a football, but no, no, it's, no, but a, it's it kind of this that? like egg-shaped thing that you is carry it? around. Yeah, uh, right? but we, didn't we see the didn't we see the the pictures of it a couple years ago? Whenever, uh, well, like, I, that, maybe they updated when that, it. Yeah, I guess maybe they have updated it since this fictional comic book. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah, I really don't have anything for you on Nixon. I mean, I, I kind of didn't really pay too much attention to him, but it sounds like maybe you had something to say about him. Well, I, I, only in so much as yeah, my initial impression of. What Alan Moore would want to do with Nixon is he wants to make some sort of commentary on kind of what a an awful corrupt and shady dude that guy was. But uh, despite this guy being the type of power-hungry um, asshole who would stay in power and not relinquish control for term after term after term as established in this comic book. This he's on his like fifth term or some shit. Yeah. Um, he – does also seem to be – it seemed at initially like he's like, whoa, slow down on on you being all anti-war. And then this other person says something like, whoa, slow down on you being all like uh, a hawk who wants to strike first or whatever. So he's he's kind of admonishing everyone because he just wants to have his own control. He's the one who's in the driver's seat and he's just telling everyone else to like fuck off it seems. Um yeah, and him with the waiting game and like the the red screens and everything, it kind of brings a little bit of of uh, anxiety to the whole situation. Yeah, it's like oh, there, there is the impending doom, 
And it's we're even one step closer to that whole doomsday. And that's what I love is that, you know, you see the leaders kind of going into their respective camps, hiding out like in NORAD or like bases like that, secure bunkers. And then we see the next the next page is kind of our wily detectives coming up from from, you know, the subterranean waters of New York. And they're going to do some old fashioned detective work. So it's kind of cool seeing like, okay, while these people are doing that, we got these other guys that are kind of doing the real work, the real work that needs to be done. Yeah, the foot soldiers on the ground who are actually, you know, taking, uh, figuring out all the pieces. The huh? Foot Clan. The Foot Clan. Casey. <laughs> it's Ninja Turtles. God, it's again. Ninja Turtles night here. <laughs> this is your Thursday night, Ninja Turtles night. Turtles eat free. The dynamic between Rorschach and Night Owl, I really enjoy it in this issue. We have, you, love, you love a good bromance. Well, yeah, because there's obviously the initial tension. They they don't know how to interact with each other anymore. There's there's a bit of weird history. Rorschach feels abandoned by Night Owl. Night Owl feels like Rorschach's gone a little bit off the deep end and is hard to really relate to. And just kind of like in in how they're like discussing everything. At one point, Rorschach re- references. Um, you know, being more careful in the future so that there's he can avoid assassination attempts. And and meanwhile, you see Night Owl's mind is just like on the future. What future? <laughs> Do you yeah. not realize the apocalypse is here? Yeah. And Rorschach is the one, it seems, like who's like driving the action at this point. He's like, look, it doesn't matter if the end of the world is coming or not. I'm still going to do my job and we're going to go get my suit and we're going to start investigating this Well, shit. Dan keeps saying, you know, let's wait. Let's wait for cover of darkness. Let's try to get more information. Let's do this. Let's try to get, you know, I got to get my head around this. And you're right. Rorschach is the driver. He's like, no, let's go. Let's go bloody some knuckles, you know? And in a way, it seems like both of them are right. Like both of them, they work well together because they each restrain the other's kind of um, What's a healthy? It's impulses. a healthy marriage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they might not even fully recognize it. Do you remember that uh, that movie where – Brad Pitt comes back. He was like an angel and he becomes a human. Meet Joe Black? And Meg Ryan says, see? I mean, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know if I... I think I fell asleep during this movie. <laughs> see? We're like puzzle pieces. We fit together perfectly. We see that here. <laughs> God. We see, just like it. We see that here. Uh, no, I... Yeah, no, and then I... then Tom Cruise is like, you complete me. Yeah. It's hey, the can, same thing. Can, you're right. Can, can I ask you a question, though, about this whole bromance? Whenever we actually see Rorschach Apollo, we, we see him do a couple things that are that are kind of uncharacteristic of him or for him. And one of them is, you know, he actually reaches out for a big, long handshake that kind of became awkward. But, <laughs> he held on too long. Yeah, he held on too long. And I'm wondering, because do you remember that one, there was like four or five issues ago, you said Vate maybe staged that assassination attempt and all was not what it seemed. Mm-hmm. Was the same thing happening here? Did he do something? Did he want a fingerprint? Did he, do you think Rorschach, or, or was it just an awkward handshake? What I read into that that particular scene is right before he puts his hand out, um, they're kind of bickering. They're they're disagreeing about stuff. You see that there's a little bit of defensiveness on Rorschach's part about his image and that his his coat is dirty. He might be smelly. He's like talking about keeping his hands cleaned, and he feels a little bit put upon about yeah being told that um, his stuff is. Uh, his outfit was unnecessary. And so there's kind of this coolness between them. And then you see Night Owl say, you know how hard it is being your friend? And I think he he finally – he goes, 
wow, this this guy actually regards me as his friend. Oh, yeah. Even after everything else that's happened between us. I think that Rorschach thought he has no friends in this world, even including Night Owl. He may come and bug him at this – like all the time in the wee hours of the night kicking in his door. But to find out that he does have a true friend, I think it it kind of took, made him take a step back and go, oh, wow. And he doesn't know how to interact with other people. I bet he never does have a positive physical touch from other people ever. Oof. So when you put it in that context, he doesn't – he's not a person that ever gets hugged. Yeah. He's not a person who ever – touches anyone else in a in a way that's not trying to break their knuckles or fingers or whatever if i saw him do you know what i would do if, if i knew his smartphone number and mm. i knew if he had a smartphone he probably doesn't he probably has like a you know one of those like burner phones right just an old flip phone right if he had a smartphone though do you know what i would send him what huggy emoji <laughs> <laughs> you know the one i'm talking about with the big hands going out to the side at 45 degree angles right I'd send him a huggy emoji for sure. I'd send him one every single day and I would say, you might not believe it, but one day you will. Problem solved. Yeah. You just dissolved the whole alt-right, alt-right movement. Well, the pro- ju- they just need hugs. Well, the thing is, it's like? what's funny is Watchmen, you know, Alan Moore used the wrong emoji. He did the smiley face. Yeah. He should have done a huggy. <laughs> yeah. And that's why he, he took a long time kind of letting go. He did, he did. It's like, ah, a handshake. With someone who I do respect. He does respect Night Owl. It meant something Speaking to him. of Frasier, Ni- Niles Crane always said, you know what Mother said? A handshake is as good as a hug. Because <laughs> he's kind of a germaphobe. Yeah, okay, so. And their parents didn't like ever show them physical love. Uh, I think they were just, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if that's true. So I can we, before we move on from Rorschach, can we talk about the other emotional moment? Yeah. And this is typical. You know, people are listening for a to a comic book podcast and we just talk about emotions, especially after last issue, which was so beautiful and we just waxed about that forever. This was really great for me. It's on page six if anybody's following along. And, uh, and you know, he's getting at his neighbor for making up lies about him to, mm-hmm. the, new, to the media whenever he was arrested, you know, and they found out, they kind of unmasked him literally and found out who he was. And she had said he was maybe a pedophile or something. I don't, I don't really remember. She was lying. Uh, that she, he sexually assaulted her. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so he's calling. He's calling her a whore. Like, how much did they pay you to do that? Say that. Blah blah blah. And she said. And she's with her kids there. And she's still trashy as hell. She's trashy as all get out. And she stops and says, "Please, they don't know. Like, they don't know what I do for work. They don't know this about me. They're just my kids." And he looks down. He's covered in blood. So this really isn't that like you know it's not a beautiful scene, but he looks down, and then he turns away and just leaves her there. And, you know, that's a rare moment. And I think obviously, I mean, at least I think it's pretty evident you get flashbacks to how he was seeing his mom um, having sex for for money, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. But his mom was abusive to him. Exactly. And this lady isn't necessarily abusive to her own kids as far – like you see them clinging to her in like a loving way. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like to a degree she's actually protective of them. Yeah. And I would say that does stand in contrast to how his he had his own relationship with his mom who beat him. In, so would like, you say if he, if he sees some type of value or humanity or decency in people, he does treat them differently? Uh, yeah. I, I think that maybe his moral code is a, a degree flex, more flexible than he initially – I agree. I mean, the whole problem is that he he looked with a degree of reverence to someone like comedian, and the comedian was a, a, a an abusive brute 
He was right. a murderer. He was a rapist. He was like all the bad things. But because he wore the 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 badge, the the suit of a hero, he respected him. The blue line. Yeah, you got to protect the blue line. Jesus. Yeah, no, I, I do think it's interesting. And, you know, especially for Rorschach, who said everything's black and white, never the two shall mix, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he does seem to treat people differently with a little bit of tenderness or some kindness whenever they do seem to show him some type of humanity or, or respect or he finds some good in them. And also he even says, if, if anybody, again, if anybody's following along, top right of page four, he says, hey, it feels good to be working with you again, Dan. Pity miss, uh, I don't know how to say it, just, just, just I don't know, Polish. Is that, Pol- is that Polish, Russian? Mm-hmm. Or is that? Yeah, it's Polish. And how do you say it? Giuseppic, how do you, I think. How do you know that? Why am I asking you? I must have heard it elsewhere. I'm guessing it's Giuseppe. When would you hear that elsewhere? Maybe um, in the movie maybe that I'll, you watched. The movie watch. or another podcast or something. I don't know. You know, he even says, hey, pity she couldn't stay with us. And right. he actually kind of meant it. Like, and once again, like in the very the very first issue, he calls her Miss Jupiter and she gets mad at him yeah. and says, don't call me by that. Even though he also basically implied that she's a, a whore or slut or said something kind of derogatory toward her. Kind of. Um, straight up derogatory. <laughs> yeah. And um, he now is like trying to be a little bit better, a little bit more uh, courteous, reflective on that. And it's like, okay, there's a little bit of growth going on in him if he's just a hurt puppy that needed someone to show him some love. A heart puppy or a hurt puppy? A hurt puppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And that is until we get to the bar where <laughs> he comes across the guy holding the glass. Because that guy and- doesn't have any... Uh, humanity or whatever. Well, that yeah. guy gave him a sob story too, True. a little bit, and he had no pity for that guy. And then there, it's interesting that we see uh, we see Dan act out right. in anger, which I really loved. Yeah, because because Dan is the good cop to Rorschach's bad cop, right? And that's kind of the dynamic that he he allows it. So Dan stands there idly watching Rorschach crush glass into a man's fist. So, you know, <laughs> he's he obviously isn't even turning a that, blind eye. He's he's complicit. But that guy was left-handed and that was his offhand. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah, okay. Yeah. He's he like, can, he'll he can still, still be able write. to drive. Yeah, he can still write his hospital bill. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, no, I thought it was interesting whenever we did see Dan, uh, what was his name? Holland Ho- Hollis Hollis Mason. Mhm. Yeah, you know, Dan's back there uh finds out that he was murdered by this group and we see Dan take his anger, anger out on this guy who may have been innocent of the whole thing. So, Pretty, really kind of cool. I like this interplay between them, and I actually hope to see it more. I mean, who knows? That that would be. I look forward to that. Like, there's very few things in this issue or in this series where, even though now I think I, I admitted a couple back that that I actually really do enjoy this and I'm fond of it. I never really care to see characters together. Still, it's, you know, I just kind of like appreciate the book, but I don't really think, oh, I want to see more of that. This, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to see more of that in the next couple issues. I thought I was wondering if it was this issue or the next issue when they start pointing finally to Adrian Vate as being maybe a little bit uh, more than he seems. And when they start, you know, finally piecing everything together in that regard, I was like, all right. Here we go. So now now we're moving into the end game. That's why I said the game is afoot. Yeah, and you know, it all comes together with Ramsey's the second. <laughs> okay, so let's let's definitely jump ahead and talk about this. These guys... After they, they you know, bust this one guy's hand and get a lead that there's this pyramid foundation or whatever it's called that was uh, essentially in, in charge of, like, putting out a hit on Adrian Vate. Yeah. 
um, they go to and tell were, him. And there were some other organizations too. Like there was like the extra spatial something. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I can't really recall where exactly, but we've seen that a few times in the book. We'll see the writing on like on the corner of a building or something. So it's a prominent building in New York City. Yeah. Um, so there's a few different organizations that people don't really know what's going on. You know, they're kind of these corporate shells. And when they they get into his office and they're checking everything out, there is there's a a beauty and a sophistication to Rorschach when he's just kind of pontificating on things. There's there's the point where he writes in his journal as as they're heading to Antarctica and he wants to drop off his journal. He writes some really beautiful like thoughts on his reflection that he might be going to his death and how he's he's making peace with that even though he also mentions that he's he is afraid of facing death but he he's he's made peace with the idea that if he does die he feels he's done he's lived by his own code yeah <laughs> essentially absolutely but yeah. how it's written it's it's very it's very beautiful in in contrast to how he talks almost like a simpleton in most of his his conversation with night owl with everyone else he he skips a lot of um, details and he's just where's Adrian? Take me to him. Yeah, like, kind of straightforward. Kind of hunched over, walking quickly, hands jabbed, you know, in his pockets, that kind of guy. Grumbling, yeah. straightforward. And we get the scene where he's he's in the office in Adrian's Adrian Vates' office, Osmandius's office, and he's not Osmandius isn't there. And, and this is like a, just for people listening. This is a like a sweet penthouse suite. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a fucking huge office. It's it's full of ancient Egyptian memorabilia. And so he just starts kind of musing on this idea of like the the mythology, the cult of or or the I guess the religious beliefs of Egyptian mythology and reincarnation or the, like the dead rising and like how they mummify people. And and it's a mythology now and not a religion. Just because it's really old and people have moved on from it, is that right? I don't know. You know, I, they, they always say like, you know, it might take a long time, but every god will die. I saw that once graffiti. It might be like a Kurt Cobain lyric, but I saw it graffiti uh-huh. style. So I was just, you know, you said mythology. I'm just kind of thinking, when does something go from a religion to a mythology? When does something go from a mythology to a religion? Huh? Is that possible, man? Uh, when all of us are worshiping. Dr. Manhattan in a, a decade or two? Yeah. It'll be possible. Yeah. Okay. Let's get that. Let's get that going. We'll just keep doing our, our duty with the podcast. But I, I just like that he's, he's kind of in a, his own way circling around, I think, to the idea that if Adrian Vate does buy into a lot of the, the mystique of the Oz, Ozymandias persona that he's kind of embodied, that he might be in a way part of a, a death cult. Or he might be someone who's kind of pulling the strings on a lot of this mysterious shit. But while he's kind of just, like I said, musing on this, pontificating, we see Night Owl actually slip over to the computer and guess the password of the smartest man in the world on his computer. Yeah. That, that, I, you, yeah. I mean, I, I see the look on your face right now. The smartest man in the world, and his password is Ramsey's too. But can't the smartest man in the world have a little bit of overconfidence? Yes. And so he doesn't have enough in place? 
Yeah, it's it's That's also a thing. reflection of 1985 or whatever, yeah. and computer passwords maybe weren't as, or people weren't considerate uh, of how easy these it might days be to we would hack. have like a Mission Impossible fake face optical scan, right? Or yeah, a contact that can do the iris scan. Yeah, <laughs> he just looks around or, and goes Ramsey's, and then it says the computer says, "Do you mean to add more letters to yeah, it?" Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. Do you wish to add writer? Yeah, actually, and thinking about greatest scans. Uh, we shall hopefully never forget the greatest scan of all time, security scan of all time, which took place in the penultimate Ooh. episode of The Leftovers. When we had, uh, what's his name, put his penis. <laughs> the a, penis scan. The penis scan. And there was a sweet, heavy thud that they that, <laughs> that, uh, that they added in, the sound effect, which if anybody, you know, go back and listen to that. Drop a piece of steak on a exactly. board. Exactly. <laughs> Drop in a giant kielbasa sausage. <laughs> Funk. Funk. Yeah. I, I mean, it's insane. I practiced yeah. it a few times and I did not have that same sound effect. So I don't know. I mean, that's why I'm not a famous actor. That's why I'm here with you today. The yeah. – <laughs> you'll get there, buddy. But Yeah. My penis will keep growing. Uh, yeah, maybe. 36 years old. Yeah. The final scene of that penultimate with the with song, the, the the Beach Boys and the God Only Knows. Now I can never hear that song in any other context. You're insane. That's not even the best use of that song in media. Go on. Uh, Love Actually? Better. This is better. No. Well, okay. I mean, I don't know if it's better. I think it's apples and oranges. Um, I just thought really this one good. had a bit more of a profound impact on me because, like, he's cutting that, open the heart of his doppelganger. That, that one <laughs> blew that. me away, and what what blew me away even more in that scene. Just, I mean, hey, I think it is topical because it's the same same dude. That's the reason we're here today. It, it's Lindelof. So, yeah. whenever he's reading that book, mm-hmm. and he's saying like, "Don't be afraid to be small," you know, because at the big in the beginning in the first season. He's just bored of his life. He's standing outside the front of the house with his dad. You know, it's like a graduation party and he's just bored. You know, he just is not happy. And he even says like, why can't you, why can't I just be happy with this? You know, and then he's reading that book and he says, you know, he, he's like, he's all alone and it was good. But he knows that's not true, you know? And so then he keeps reading or he keeps, he's thinking about it. And he's like, you know, she taught me it's okay to be small. Just be a person in this world. Anyway, beautiful scene. If anybody's struggling with like their place in the world, I think that's an excellent, excellent episode. That show is beautiful. Have your community. Do good with it. Get into your own interests. I'm sorry. Now this is like a PBS special. I'm giving life <laughs> advice. Hey, we should, actually, we should actually do a life advice corner. Should we? Yeah, Clay's Corner. Okay. But we'll do it with two Ks. Clay with a K. Well, like Clay Thompson, Golden State Warrior, Trips. Right. And then Corner with a K. Uh, like, I don't know. Let's limit it to just two Ks. Okay. If, if, you, if you're okay with that. Okay. I keep saying okay. Yeah, uh, no, so great episode. Everybody go back. Hopefully people are – do you think people are actually going to be like revisiting? Like I wonder before The Watchmen, will we see a spike on Netflix or other streaming channels where people are kind of revisiting the stuff Lindelof has done? I would anticipate that once the show comes out, there will be a renewed interest in the comic itself. I think that with with what he does – I think he inspires a certain degree of fanaticism in his shows, especially with people who want to invest in more stuff, who look for Easter eggs, who want to play ARGs that are kind of surrounding it. 
alternate reality games like um, like the Dharma Initiative stuff. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, There used yeah. to be like online tests you could take yeah. on your computer to be part of it and then you could find other clues all tangentially related to Lost. Like that kind of um, viewer engagement, I feel like Lost was one of the the first shows to really tap into that. Like, yeah. And in such a scale that yeah. it was just so captivating. And I would imagine that the audience is already like hungry for that kind of show again. But additionally, they'll want to go back and read the source material. When you look at how um, Game of Thrones impacted the book sales, book sales went way up. Same with Harry Potter. Once once the show's introduced, even if it's not a direct adaptation, it's taking place just in the same world. People are going to go back and read this, and hopefully they'll they'll trickle back into our podcast and start oh, listening. Yeah, to this here we as go. Well. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Nixon, I guess that was Reagan talking about you know a, a rising tide lifts all boats, which was bullshit, by the way. But that's that, that's more of a political, <laughs> you know, whatever podcast. So uh, speaking of, before we get off Lost, can I ask you one quick question? Mm-hmm. I just want a thirty second answer, maybe even shorter. What was up, and did we ever get resolution on why those people, why they had to be in the underground bunker every like 60 minutes or, you know, whatever, so every 70 minutes or what, the, the time they had to press the button and then it would shoot that thing out and they would just go nowhere. Those pieces of paper would just end up in a field. Um, or am I conflating two separate things? Yeah, you're conflating two different things. Oh, shit. Okay. There was um, – there were other messages that were being sent out that were just going nowhere. Well, the Scottish – the, 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 different... the Scottish dude who we love. What's his name? Uh, Desmond Hume. Okay, he was in there and he didn't think he could leave and they had to do that button. He was in that bunker pushing a button and he wasn't sure if it was actually doing anything, but it actually was doing something. It was releasing a degree of electromagnetic electromagnetic energy oh. every 120 minutes or something. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there. Maybe 180 minutes. Oh, and he minutes. released it and that's what that's what destroyed the 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 plane. Yeah. Okay. I think it's 180 okay. minutes. Okay. Because it's um 4 plus 8 plus 15 plus 16 plus 23 plus 42, Holy whatever that is. shit. I've never been more impressed by you. <laughs> and I'm usually impressed by you. But yeah, that's, the, then there was the whole problem of um, they're like, why don't, we, why don't we test our faith was what Locke did. And he said, let's not push the button. But the first release was him not pushing the button. And that's what caused a big electromagnetic pulse that tore the plane in half and caused the plane to crash on the island. Okay, so where were these? Me- so what? What am I conflating it with? What happened with these mes- messages? There was a, it, was, it was it was like one of those bank bank things yeah, that shoots. Yeah, there was a separate observation station that was secretly watching Desmond, and it was supposed to file reports based on his actions, making sure you're like he was keeping up with pushing the button, and someone else was supposed to <laughs> their redundancy plan of like keeping track of him. I think. And why, been, why, I, why, I why did they just have an once? automated system that would relieve the pressure every every? Three hours. Uh, right. I don't know. I guess they wanted a, a person there and there's it was part of like – it was a whole thing established in the 70s, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. maybe they didn't know how to properly automate it or they're just like – Well, the problem was is that the password was okay. Ramsey's 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those old 70s computers and yeah. look what happened. <laughs> yes, you can get hacked. No, but it is it is funny just looking at technology. And I mean, I think it's kind of a it's not a fair criticism for us to have, and it's not a cri- criticism at all. But it's like they had flying cars, and I think they had like electric electric cars by this point. But and, then they still had these computers that look like absolute shit. Well, yeah, not having the vision of how this these other aspects could be improved. 
Yeah. No, and then that's why I said it's not a criticism. You know, it's just kind of funny looking looking at these like anachronism type things. I, I found it also curious that he taps – he finally unlocks his computer. He suspects that Adrian Vate might be up to, you know, shenanigans. He's owning these these companies. He's putting out a hit on his own life. And then you you leave that computer with all the other information on there? Like, Dan – Take that computer with you too. Plug it into your owl ship. You can look up information on that while you're flying to Antarctica. It's on the cloud, man. <laughs> just upload it to the cloud. Yeah, just he's on the cloud. He tossed the USB key in there and he, he, he zipped it all up. I know sometimes we talk about beauty and stuff in, in the book. For people listening that want to go back and look, page 21, I think those are two super sweet panels with the middle and then the bottom where he obviously is calling up his ship and you just see the headlights from it. It's just super cool. Right. The, the way they use color in this is super, super cool. That so. and then um, on 25, just a little ship above the clouds. Oh, yeah. Is a very cutesy looking – That that's a great print right there. It really is. It kind of like – it's like a it's like a Popeye comic or something. You know, just the clouds are kind of cartoonish. Right. Anyway, yeah, I like it a lot. So what, what else stood out to you? I mean, did you have something anywhere else you wanted to go? Well, uh, in, in regards to their particular storyline – I like the sequence where Rorschach – I was already mentioning like Rorschach's writing his final notes in his journal. He decides to drop it off and he's going to send it to uh, – what's, what's fucking Alex Jones's network? InfoWars. Oh, he basically going to send his notebook. He's like, to the only media I trust – Info wars, <laughs> just some sort of garbage outlet like that, full of conspiracy theory, kooky bullshit. That's who he decides to send it to, because those people will be able to disseminate the truth. And what's great about this is his his book, as as I'm sure you can guess now that you've seen the trailer, his diary has inspired yeah other people. Because it must eventually get out, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they have this whole sequence where it goes to the news station, and then they just kind of it just gets sadly buried beneath all this other news or all these other like kooky letters that they're going to burn. But it must get out because yep. there's the Seventh Day Adventists that are wearing his Rorschach mask and quoting stuff from his book in the trailer. So I his, told you, it's his legacy lives on I there. I just mentioned it's in the cloud. It's in the cloud. Yeah, no, that, that was kind of a teasing, tempting, kind of tantalizing thing where you're like, come on, they're going to look at it, they're going to look at it, and then nope. You know, I thought it was kind of a funny moment. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, so you want to jump back and let's talk about uh, Ozymandias in Antarctica. What, yeah. What would you, what'd you make of this sequence before you got to the revelation that they think he's – He's, uh, you know, living in a secret evil lair. So I'll just say this. I don't, I don't like this guy. I, don't, I didn't like him. I don't like him. I don't trust him any farther than I can throw him. Mm. You know, I've got this bad shoulder. Yeah, you're not going to throw him very far. I'm not throwing him very far. And um, I just don't like it when somebody's like too close to another character. Like he's obviously this kind of – I mean you said Bruce Wayne – but then he has this kind of thing like this, like Superman's uh, – what's it called? Solitude. Fortress of Solitude, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it kind of has that. So it's kind of this portmanteau of like these two characters. He has the weird lion tiger thing. Um, I just don't really care about him. Now I do – and also I do think it's interesting that he just sits there and he is read, you know, watching the news, making stock decisions on that. I thought – OK. I thought there was like a modicum of interest there. Like, right. oh, interesting. OK, cool. Because I mean like – 
I'm somebody who, if anybody ever wants to make free trades, Robinhood is great. They're not paying us to say that. It's just an awesome stock trading app, and it's free. I do that pretty often for fun, and I kind of do stuff like that. Oh. You know, I'm like, huh. But do you watch like I'll be, 40 televisions? I don't watch screens? 40 televisions, but I will think, huh, the middle class is getting smaller. People are getting squeezed. I'm going to invest in the dollar store because more people are going to go to places like that. Or I'll think, huh, the economy is about to turn. Let's look at some, you know, whatever. I'll just do stuff like that. All right. I haven't really made that much money except, guys, medical marijuana is pretty interesting and uh, good idea. <laughs> Invest in marijuana. Don't do no, – I don't know if we can get that advice. Yeah. So, I mean, what did you think? I, I just don't think he's that interesting. You know, I, I don't like – the man who has everything, I don't care about. I want to see people scrap and and stumble through life. Well, it's – he's not been – depicted much in this comic thus far which makes him a bit of a mystery because he's boring well i think what we do get are glimpses of kind of a a curious peculiar lifestyle he flies to some snowy fortress that's super opulent but you can see it's like in some desolate kind of snowy place where he goes and watches screens down in the basement and makes like snap judgment stock decisions and then you know dictates to himself on a re- personal recording device and it's pretty lonely he's got a crazy looking cat he's got a bunch of manservants and uh i mean i don't know i like when i was reading this initially it's like what what do you make of this kind of person but he is a person that's able to absorb a whole bunch of information at once and make these calculations as Alan Moore's writing him that he's like, oh, well, if you look at the TV, there's there's impulses that we're on the brink of war. They're like, oh, so we should invest in, in munitions? He's like, nah. That means people's anxiety is going to make them want to have sex. So yeah. invo- in, um, invest in, in, the, in the sex market and in a few months, babies. So let's also do the corner of the baby market. Let's make our investments there. Yeah, and it's like okay. So he's like, yeah. all re- he's he's playing twelve dimensional chess. It's like that the the Vonnegut memoir, like Man Without a Country or Man with No Country. I forget what it's called. He talks about how beer commercials just make you feel bad for not having sex right then and there while you're watching them. So then you just want to go have a beer to kind of subconsciously forget your problems and your problems being that you're not having sex and other people are. You know that you don't have this hot girl in a hot tub, right? And so he says, you know, let's all band together and just never have sex. And let's just say we're never going to have sex and this, none of this advertising will work on us. And then we can go about our lives in peace without all this awful advertising. Just a thought. Yeah, I'm done with it. You know. Off with the dick. Thunk. Well, thunk. Thunk. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I mean, you know, I just like, okay, I'm starting to really like this comic and I just think to myself, shit, we've got like a super rich dude, Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the evil guy. It's just kind of boring. I, I like it whenever they're like, you know, I want to see. I, and you're right. It is, I guess, a a. Uh, it is a bit of a twist because you know I thought he was going to get assassinated. You kind of tipped me off on that like a jerk. I but did, even but at but the same time, it doesn't I, matter because it, it's boring. It merited being pointed out at that moment. I thought to the audience who most likely had read this before. I know. Right? It's not like an M. Night Shyamala Malala Malayamalan, you know, 
twist ending, but it is interesting, whatever. But if you look back, I think that was chapter six when the assassination attempt happens. Um, he straight up sacrificed his secretary. Yeah. He pushes her in front of the bullet of the uh, assassin that he's anticipating and then quickly grabs uh, a just gigantic golden I don't even know what it is, like candlestick holder or something, and beats the guy to death and then drowns him and then shoves a cyanide capsule in his mouth. He claims the guy was trying to get his own cyanide capsule and he was trying to pull it out of his mouth. But no, he must have clearly put a cyanide capsule in that guy's mouth to kill him to make it look like, hey, I'm also being attacked by this this uh, superhero, this cape killer or whatever you, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. Yeah. was Rorschach's theory. Keep Rorschach off the scent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately. Okay. We're going to nip this one in the bud at, at issue seven. Now, I, I'm surprised that we're doing this, but saving almost for the last, the um, the Black Freighter storyline. Okay. What did you make of this? Again, I think that this was an amazing issue whenever I was actually interested in this. You know, it. we kind of knew it was coming. He lost his humanity. He tr- tried to save himself but ended up losing his humanity. And uh, it was pretty awesome. I but, loved it. But it was his, disgusting. His paranoia has driven him yeah. to to uh, just start killing innocent people. Yeah. And um, you kind of look at the parallels between this this man who's so desperate to save his family that he's driven to the brink of madness. Not just the brink. He's driven beyond, beyond madness and starts – committing atrocities and you look at how that relates to our protagonists at least um you can look at them and be like oh man like they're on this quest and how reckless is you know in their attempt to do good are they doing harm you can think of our protagonist you can think of um the the president and in in his quest to do harm is is such a fear of nuclear annihilation by the other side enough of a catalyst to drive you mad enough to push that button and and kill all those other people like or probably the most appropriate is maybe this parallels um Adrian Veidt yeah exactly absolutely yeah. like cuz we see the poster in his office where it's talking about future projections of when the world's going to end. And what is he doing? We don't know his ultimate goal, but there seems to be some some weird shady shit. The difference is is that this guy was marooned on an island. Mm. Isolated. With, isolated on an I-land <laughs> and had no real way to get back to his family, whereas Vate has everything he's ever wanted and he could – do like the Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and cure polio or, or malaria or whatever. And he doesn't. I mean, I don't, maybe he does actually. It's not in the book, but still. I don't know. Um, we have one other scene we didn't discuss. Okay, yeah. And I think I know are, – are you going to the, the boat blowing up? The boat blowing up. Yeah, and I think this is one of the – you know, I think we have a lot of unknowns became knowns. You know, we know who the kind of the big baddie is going to be now, maybe. Mm-hmm. We know who's teaming up. We know a lot of things now. One of the things I still have no idea about is what are they doing out there? These people thought they were making a movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously not. 
or maybe they were doing some kind of filming. But really I think they had all these artists and people together to work on this machine or contraption or something. I know what this is. I know you, you do. So I'm, that's but, why but, I'm like, I just want to hear your thoughts on well, this. Well, look, I'm, I'm tired right now. It's a work night. I know. Am I an idiot for not already knowing? No. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thank no. you for that. It's supposed to be mysterious and vague. Yeah. It's got the moniker, the logo of um, the Pyramid Foundation yeah. or whatever it was yeah. called on the boat. So you know that they're associated with with Adrian Vate, with Ozymandias, with – um, the I mean, they, whole they would have mystery. to be for how much money this thing would cost. Yeah, yeah, and and we know that we saw a picture of like you called it like a a beastly vagina or something. You uh, know, a few oh, issues. Yeah, yeah. It's, it washes up on shore when the boat explodes. On page eighteen, you see the little image of yep whatever that thing is, and you have all these people talking about like some brain that they like used in some sort of they're they're doing something with. Bodies too. Huh, a big evil brain. Does it remind you of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. It's Krang. They made they uh they made Krang come back and now only the turtles can stop it. Quick, give me a hockey stick. <laughs> yeah. Uh there was but it was kind of a beautiful moment when this dude was just trying to get busy. With uh, this chick, the get busy the the writer guy get and, busy. My God, okay. Well, I don't even know their names, but they're trying to get busy in the bottom of the boat, and suddenly he realizes that there's a bomb that's about to explode. Explode, and she's like, "What's wrong?" He says, "Nothing. Nothing's wrong." And he holds her close, and in those last moments, he knows he's about to die, and he just wants to hold someone. I was like, "That's another kind of beautiful moment." Yeah, I thought that was nice. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, some people might just go, ah! Instead, he was like, just hold me. Yeah, I mean, what else are you going to do? Right. Um, okay, so very end, our intrepid heroes, our dynamic duo, um, fly in to Antarctica. The ice ship, the the owl ship gets all icy and kind of crashes into the snowbank. So they Yeah, if, anybody, gonna- if anybody's a pilot... Um, you can fly through a cloud and just remember it's going to get kind of cold and icy. And so you might think you're okay, but uh, it's colder than you think. Yeah. Just letting you know as, as a budding private pilot myself, we need to be very careful. Be very mindful, y'all. If you're, right. if you're flying a little Cessna 172 or 182, you think you're okay. Ooh, it's cold at altitude and you get into a cloud, be careful. Stick to VFR, visual flight reference, guys. You, you haven't actually uh, flown me anywhere. I have not flown you anywhere because you know what? When I was getting my license – you just happened to take a flight with someone else, and it just kind of really hurt my feelings. Whatever. You didn't live here. <laughs> you had a friend fly down from New York or something and fly you around, and I, you make me sound like such a big baller. Yeah, yeah. No, well, you make me sound like sloppy seconds. <laughs> don't be like that. Most I want. People, I want to fly in your plane. Most people. Oh, I don't have a plane, first of all, but but you know we can rent one. But yeah, most people think, man, I'm really going to impress my friends. You know, I'm going to get a pilot's license. I'm going to fly them around. It's going to be awesome. And you've already been there, done that. You're actually wearing the T-shirt right now. God, you know what, Rorschach? You make it really difficult to be your friend. Your shirt says, already been up once. <laughs> Want to do it again? <laughs> Is that what it says? <laughs> yeah, it's a, pres- a it's, slutty shirt it's a I'm prescription, wearing. Yeah, it's a prescription pill um, T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, no, um, so, so they, they, they crash land because of the condensation on the, on the, on the ship, which is funny because it doesn't have wings. But I guess, you know, it gunked up the intake or something. And then they take these badass scooters. The hover scooters, The man. hover scooters. I mean, we have scooters around town now. Yeah. 
We right? finally caught up to, you know, close enough to what they're able but to do. But those things here. can't go on snow. Man, those things know? look awesome. Those, they're not getting on snow. They're just getting on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so you mentioned, you know, if anybody can, you know, buy a print or buy a – I mean, look, guys. Page 28, top right. We're seeing the sweetest owl suit of all time. It's a fucking badass owl, I mean, snow owl suit. It is now mid-September. Uh, Halloween is a month away. I know you're a big Halloween dude. Like, I think it's your favorite holiday, no? Uh, yeah. I mean, even in college when we were broke, I had no interest in doing anything, really, other than sitting around and drinking cheap beer. You would make the sweetest Halloween costumes. All blue this year. Um, I'm going to be Dr. Manhattan, all blue body. Oh, shit. It's going to be gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't sit in my car. Um, unless you want to make out. Okay. What? Deal. So, no, this is the sweetest owl costume. And I kind of, you know, depending on the weather, I might try to get something like it. Yeah? And I will kill so many snow owls <laughs> to do it because I need to have it authentic. No, no, I love this. This is so, And then even in the background, we see Rorschach with his tie or whatever flying. Yeah, you know? he's fucking it's freezing. so badass. And he just has a hat on. Yeah, that's a great panel. And then Osmandis is totally anticipating them. He's just sitting there stroking his chin, stroking his, his pet Bubastis and going, oh, yeah, everything's all right. Here they come. So he, he's waiting for them. He, they're not, it's not a surprise visit at all. When you're in Antarctica, you know when people are coming to visit you. Yeah. Yeah. It, so why is he wearing metallic armor all over his body? Dude, that's his, that's his superhero outfit. Really? Or maybe super villain outfit. Da, da, da. Yeah, that's his costume. So that takes us to the end. Pretty much now the, the um, whatever is set, we know what's going to happen. Obviously, these two guys are going to come knocking on the door. Right. And we're going to see how he greets them. Do you think it's going to be with hot tea, maybe a hot cocoa? I think so. Hopefully. I mean, if you eat in their house, they're not supposed to kill you. But if you're a vampire, you can't come in unless someone invites you inside. What What are the rules? Oh, what my are God. The rules? Lindelof, tell us. <laughs> Resolve this for us. Now, is he going to be a gracious host or is he going to be a, I don't know, Walder Frey from Game of Thrones? The guy that... Poisoned or killed him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the bloody, the blood, the red The wedding. red wedding. Oh, yeah, that was good. Ah, oh, damn. Yeah, I watched that one backwards. So uh, I guess, you know, you can wait to probably just probably wait about a week and then people will know what happens. Right. Uh, we are releasing, releasing all of our episodes Monday mornings, Sunday night maybe, uh, but generally Monday mornings are going to be our new time for our brand new episodes. So... When you guys are subscribing, you can kind of anticipate a degree of regularity. That's because new episodes of The Watchmen um, on HBO are going to start coming out Sunday night. So we're going to record yeah, Sunday so and have it up. Jump in the car, jump in the train, jump in the bus, whatever, and listen to it on the way to work on Monday morning. Kind of get you going. Uh, what are we going to do? Because I think we'll finish with a couple of weeks left until the show starts. What do you feel like doing in the interim? We, uh, uh, I think tropical we have a... vacation. <laughs> Are you taking me somewhere? Do we have a movie to watch? <laughs> oh my god! Do we have an a uh, really high caliber, awesome movie to watch? Do we have an extended edition Blu-ray of that movie to watch? Oh man, it's got to be. It, it, it might even be as good as um, Daredevil. <laughs> extended <laughs> director's yeah. cut. Yeah, we've pre- nobody's forgotten that. Uh, I, I did want to ask. I, I posed this question at the very beginning of the episode. I said I wanted to get your thoughts on where you think things are going. So now that we've read this, we have two chapters left. What do you kind of – I know you don't love to play the guessing game, but what are you kind of thinking is going to happen? 
So you've got Lex Luthor's big bad machine that he's building. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's got this giant monster. I'm looking at the death of Superman. Okay. Okay. Um, Did this this probably preceded that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That was like that was like ninety two, ninety three, right? Death of Superman. Yeah, because I read that the same year I read Jurassic Park, and I think I was nine going on ten. So we have what was that guy's name that killed Superman? Remember, oh. Superman ended up killing him when he would break off his bones, and he right. realized, oh, that hurts him. You know, Doomsday. Of, yeah, Doomsday. Okay. So Lex Luthor, Ozymandias. Doomsday clock. Whoa. He's got his doomsday. You need an equal force to hit that doomsday, right? And now we realize from last issue, okay, Dr. Manhattan's not all bad. Mm-hmm. He's not all good, but he's not all bad. And now maybe he's not even no longer – he's no longer apathetic. Put a red cape on that bad boy? Whoa. Okay, yeah. So we know the two of those are going to neutralize each other. Uh-huh. He's going to come in and save the world from that machine, whatever it is, right at the last second. How are – I mean just such a sweet costume. The thing is I'm worried that that Dan is going to go inside Ozymandias's palace and take that fucking suit off because it's so sweet. I, I want him to keep that suit on. So hopefully they fight outside. <laughs> <laughs> I and, think then maybe they'll get hungry. Is there any uh, little uh, snacks they might have in their pocket they could eat? Oh, some green sugar cubes? Some green sugar cubes. Damn, when you need a quick fix. Uh, so, you know, I do think there would be some – there would be something poetic about he's built this whole empire, this whole world, and now he can die inside of it alone with nobody who loves him except for his cat who will end up licking the blood of his dead body. Ah, that's pretty I sweet. I think that could be pretty sweet. As far as Lori, couldn't care less anymore. She left Dan. Uh, about the green sugar cubes, hopefully they're OK. Hey, I think L- Lori was – Basically kidnapped by Superman. Yeah. Teleporting Superman. I still don't – yeah, no, you're right. I mean I'm trying to think. You know, And I think it would be interesting if Dr. Manhattan, maybe people presumed him dead. And so then with Lindelof brings him back, it is pretty interesting. I mean I, I don't know. That could be cool. Or maybe he decides, hey, I'm going to do this one thing. Or as a flashback. I don't know. I don't know what we saw in that trailer. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And that's why I don't watch trailers is because I have enough uncertainty in my life. You know, <laughs> that I don't want to introduce any more. I'm trying to get to an answer, man. I mean, but you know that they say the journey is a destination. Mm. The alchemist. They say uh, it's not about the mountain. It's about the climb. Would you say that The Alchemist is the number one book it's for Hannah like Montana. high school? Are, are you serious right now? Wait, what's the actress who does uh, – what's the actual person who was Hannah Montana? Montana? Yeah, she's famous now. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, what's her name? She did that Wrecking Ball one. Uh, Miley Cyrus. Yeah, Miley. Yeah, that was Miley Cyrus. Smiley song. Cyrus. Oh. Yeah, Smiley Cyrus. Just like smiley faces. Huggies. Uh, and you have a you you have a classic car that's name is Billy Ray Cyrus. I do. <laughs> that you've named Billy Ray Cyrus and your wife loves that. No, she she <laughs> fully disagreed. She gave the car a different name, Charlene, which is not any better. Yeah, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's a Billy Ray. I actually got us matching keychains. Mine says Billy Ray, hers says Charlene. Are you kidding? Not kidding. Wow, how much did that cost? Ten bucks. It was worth it. Is the, is the answer? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charlene makes me think of Jolene. Which, if anybody, now that we're on YouTube, after you listen to this episode on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, or the next one, because you're listening to this one ostensibly through, you know, supposedly through probably what you where you already listened to it, uh, go to Dolly Parton's slowed down version of Jolene. They slow the track down, and it's kind of jo- Dolly. Uh, Dolly, God, I can't speak. Dolly Parton in a lower kind of register. Is a DJ screw? It's. Awesome. I might listen to it on the drive home. Really? Jo- she wrote Jolene on the same day. She wrote um, 
and I will always love you. Same day. Busted out two classic songs. Damn. And it took Jesus, or not Jesus, God, seven days or six days, no? The seventh one he rested? Yeah. Yeah, we really know a lot about this mythology religion thing. <laughs> um, hey, it was really good to talk to you about this issue. We have two more coming up. I hope everybody tunes in and listens every Monday morning. And uh, do you have anything else? No, I, I think that's about it. Yeah, everyone just, uh, you know, stay tuned. Smash those like buttons or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> whatever but, but well, no, if they smash them, then they can't use them again. Uh, so, so just, I mean, gen- probably like gently, t- gently, but firmly yeah. click. Just hug, hug them. Huggies. Yeah, huggies, buttons. guys. Get us some likes. Um, yeah. Definitely look forward to this. Also, if anybody has any questions, I know we're wrapping up. Slide into Grant's DMs. I know he likes that. He feels a little tickle every time it happens. I don't like your terminology. This is why you're not on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd get in trouble. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put a, a question post for our our uh, Instagram, and you guys can ask us questions there that we will answer on next week's episode. And – I feel we should advertise one last time. Well, and we if should. You guys get on that Patreon wagon. If you have the highest donation at the end of next week's episode, we're going to call you and uh, make you talk to us about the. But remember, the 12th this issue. is the twelfth issue, so I mean, we're already on the tenth. You literally have one week to do this. Maybe even let. Well, no, I don't know. I don't know how they get released. You're, you're the master. But basically, guys, then the, when you hear this, donate, and it better be the highest because then we want to talk to you. Come I mean, on. listen, swole mates, I want to talk to you, dude. Mom, come on. Step up. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. All right, folks, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. And we will be back next week with some more Watchmen discussions. Until then, have a good night. Pods The Watchman is an independently run podcast recorded at Permanent Record Studios in Austin, Texas. If you'd like to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash whopodsthewatchman and make a per-episode pledge. You can follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at whopodsthewatchman. I'm Grant Davis. Thanks for listening.